So um, yesterday, I just want to give a brief um, uh, summary of what we did yesterday evening. Um, so we discussed the basic uh, elements of communication, of speaking, uh, listening, and um, of primary import uh, presence. And so um, we emphasize that it's essential to have presence in conversation in order for the message sent to be um, message be the same as message received. And, uh, and that if our awareness or our presence is not, not there, um, there is no communication. Um, then we talked about how to naturally connect to awareness through, through various things, um, nature, sound, um, smell, um, breathe the breath, um, all these different ways that we can just easily um, connect to presence. And then there are other things that take tend to disconnect us from presence and it's the, you know, being tired or being hurried and fearful, these kinds of things that will take us out. So it's good to kind of know what those are. Um, <clears throat> and then lastly, we, we talked about leading with presence by beginning a conversation with awareness and then as the conversation goes on, returning and trying to maintain that awareness and uh, with the willingness to be honest with oneself about what's actually happening just as it, as it is. And then we talked about ways to um, anchor our attention in sensations of the body. So that was uh, through grounding, um, uh, center line, uh, breath, and then uh, touch points, hands and feet. So uh, now I'd like to talk a little bit more about maintaining awareness while we're in conversation, which um, leads us to a couple other tools that we can play with in a little bit. So the first one, uh, I kind of briefly mentioned it yesterday, was a thing that um, Oren calls choice points. And it's uh, basically in, the con in a conversation, uh, particularly as we're developing mindfulness practice, we may realize over time that we don't actually have to speak all the time. Um, Sometimes there are pauses in conversation and, and um, sometimes uh, people feel uncomfortable. We feel uncomfortable with that space. It may feel awkward. And so we feel compelled to fill it up by saying something, but it doesn't really, um, it's not really necessarily useful. It's just, just throwing something in there because you're uncomfortable. Um, and not that there's anything wrong about that. It's just, um, it doesn't, you're not remaining in presence when you do that. You're just basing it on this internal pressure that you have that you feel compelled to speak. So um, we do in fact have the choice whether to speak or listen. And so if we do it consciously, um, uh, it can be a much more meaningful conversation. And uh, it may prevent us from um, saying something and then feeling like we needed to retract it immediately. It's like, oh, wish that could come back or, you know, sending an email, which <laughs> I apologize for all the emails I sent last night <laughs> trying to get the right thing out to you. But anyway, um, sending emails when you don't mean to, it's the same sort of, same sort of thing. So um, at the same time, it's, 
that doesn't mean don't don't speak or leave uh, other people in the dark um, about what you're thinking. Uh, we don't want to do that either. So it's learning to be conscious of, about that decision about whether when to speak and when not to. So conversation, as we know, is a very dynamic interplay between people's choice to speak and or listen. And when they're conscious and respectful, the conversations tend to be more productive and, and satisfying. Um, when I was thinking about this and in, in writing this, uh, I was thinking immediately about, um, well, it wasn't really a conversation, but it was a debate. And the, the first presidential debate was such a classic example of a disrespectful interplay. And uh, some of it may have been conscious, but uh, it was very unpleasant and not very productive and very stressful for, if not the people themselves, but everybody listening. So, um, so again, why are we, why are we talking? Um, so again, we do it if it's an uncomfortable pause or if we're feeling left out in a conversation. So this is this is uh, this is called the choice point. That that point in which there's either an uncomfortable pause, or you know we're feeling pressured, or you know. And so we just pay attention to those times in a conversation when there you notice start noticing when there is a choice when you can make that choice and and do it consciously. Um, <clears throat> so the ability to maintain presence at the choice choice point is actually fairly, well, it requires a lot of practice, I think, to, to even pay attention to that it's there. Because um, sometimes we just rush through those points in just a moment, the time's gone, and so you've, you've already made a decision before you know it, um, unconsciously. And so, um, so there's this impulse that to speak that forces us to verbalize just to release that internal pressure that we're carrying. So those of us who are quiet, <clears throat> it, it seems like we may feel like uh, our opening to speak comes and goes before we got the opportunity to say anything. And so consequently, we may miss out on, on saying things because we didn't catch the catch the actual point of choice. So this is where the mindfulness comes in. Um, is so, you know, we talk about in meditation, we pay attention to um, sensation, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And if it's unpleasant, um, we pay attention to, um, say, we're sitting and our something starts to hurt, our knee starts to hurt. And so there's a, um, a way of paying attention to that and, and not going with the immediate impulse of, oh, this hurts, I got to change position, of just staying with that. Um, and and it, it's a training in how to um, uh, kind of control our impulses just to, to move and so forth. Um, now, if, of course, if there's something that's a physiological issue, serious issue, and you have pain, I would never advocate that you stay with it, you know, just, just because. But rather, this I'm talking about, you know, things that probably are going to subside anyway. And if you practice enough, you know what this, those aches are or those 
points of pain. So at any rate, in the conversation, it's a similar sort of thing. There's a there's a there's a point in which you you have the impulse to to speak um, because you feel uncomfortable. You feel like you got to throw something in there, and um, so if you if you practice with noting noticing the impulse and then trying to uh, um, gather yourself in the in the instant so that um, you can actually make a conscious choice about whether you're going to say something at that point or not. Um, okay, so and so what we're talking about is this certain anxiety and that we feel in conversation. And usually it's rooted in, in deeper needs, um, needs to feel seen or heard, um, needs for safety, acceptance, uh, belonging, etc. So I find this interesting. Um, he says the less confident we feel in meeting our needs, uh, or these needs I just spoke of, the more pressure there will be that we will experience to speak up or conversely to, to remain silent. So um, we may feel if we don't say something now, we never will. Or if we do say something, some, something disastrous is going to happen, like uh, disconnection. I think disconnection will surely follow. So um, the more ways we find to meet those needs and handle them skillfully um, uh, when they aren't met, the less pressure we feel to, to speak or remain silent. So it's how to get out of those habitual patterns. Um, then we can actually relax into the flow of conversation without feeling some danger or urgency to say it all at once. And, and this is something that it's, it takes time to, to, um, to do this, this practice. So, uh, so it's important we find the right time to say things um, and the way to say it. And again, that just takes practice. So. In the meantime, since it does require so much practice to do some of this stuff, because it doesn't come naturally, um, that it's real important to be kind to ourselves when we're doing, doing these kinds of practices and pay attention to the small successes. Um, because when we do do that, um, we note the successes, that uh, helps our nervous system to relax and reset. So that's, that's a good thing in conversation. So then we create a new baseline and uh, I can stop all the alarm bells in your head and, and then um, for them going off and then you're rushing or staying quiet, rushing in or staying quiet. So gradually you develop the ability to, to make these conscious choices. It's just um, practice, practice, practice. And you can discern what's going to be helpful in actually moving the conversation forward and how to balance all the needs at the table. So again, part of this, part of the investigation here is knowing our own patterns. I mean, um, do we speak more readily or freely or do we uh, find it more difficult to come forward? And circumstance and events uh, tied to gender, race, class and other aspects of social location mold how we show up relationally, right? Our challenge is to, uncover those patterns and develop an authentic freedom of expression. So um, that's about all I need to say right now about um, those choice points. So I wanna go on to the next one 
is pausing in conversation. So this is one of the best tools for training and presence is to pause. And mindfulness can help you uh, pause between this impulse to speak and your reaction so you can have more choice about what you do. So, and actually the pause is very ripe with possibility, right? In one breath, you can, you can notice your thoughts, feelings and impulses and choose which to follow like some sort of mini meditation. Um, and then with presence can help us stay clear and balanced. Again, I think it's practice. I don't think you learn this overnight, but at any rate, it's very useful to have the pause and, and um, in that space, you can ground your attention uh, in the body and relax inner tension. You can return to your specific intention, remember your intention, your original intention, and then handle the emotions that, that are coming up so you won't, they won't spill out unsuccessfully. So, uh, and then lastly, you can gather your thoughts about how to proceed. So again, sounds easy, but um, it's, it's a worthy thing to put some, um, some practice into. So uh, the more, the more um, I am aware of the body or you are the way of the body, you're aware of the body, the more I notice, um, or we're gonna notice agitation or nervousness in our, in our nervous system and our corresponding pace or volume. So if we're starting to get agitated and everybody kind of has their own ways that they deal with that stuff, but, but usually you'll have a change in pace. So you'll speed up when you start getting excited, right? I do, um, or uh, your volume may increase if you get more agitated. Um, and so you can, um, you can decide, you can, you can go, it's not about being flat, you know, talking flat. You can have energy and excitement in conversation for sure. Um, but you can also apply the brakes when, when that seems more suitable for the situation. So these, um, it's just what we're trying to do is develop the skill and the proficiency to, to speak in a wider range of circumstances. So these pauses can vary in length. They can be, just depends on the situation. So it can be a microsecond, and uh, which is just enough to get you grounded again um, or readjust your uh, intention. Or it may be something that you might want to make a little longer. Um, and so you can insert a pause actually into a conversation. Um, it's difficult to do it so that it's socially acceptable, but, but it is possible. And he gives, Oren gives several ways to do that. One is by taking uh, a deep audible breath. And it's, it, it's, um, totally acceptable, you know, it's like you just all of a sudden, you, ah, hmm, so that allows you a certain amount of space, or if you do a verbal cue and just go, hmm, so then you've created some more space there, or a visual cue would be like looking up and kind of furrowing your brow, like you're thinking, which you probably are thinking like mad, um, 
or you can just say something like, I'm not sure, I'd like to think about that. Um, can we pause for a moment? I need to gather my thoughts. Or this sounds important. I'd give it, I need to give it some time. So, so those are really quick little things that you can insert and it'll buy you a certain amount of time. Um, also, you can resort to distraction. And one is uh, uh, running to the rest, not running, um, going to the restroom. So you exit and then you <laughs> just gained about a couple of minutes um, or you drop your keys or you know those kinds of things. Um, so if it seems clear to you that the conditions are not right for a successful conversation, um, you may want to take a break for a week or a day or a week or longer, just depending on what it's about and how, how strong the emotions are. Um, so in these cases, it's, it's important how we pause. Um, you can't just say, I can't talk about this right now. Um, well, you can, but um, you, the, the issue is, is that you'll leave your partner in, up, you'll leave them with the conversation and there's a, there's a question there. What, what is the other person thinking? You know, they, they're left to interpret our behavior on their own. And um, so a lot of times that doesn't, they're gonna think the worst, right? They're not gonna know what, they just didn't wanna to talk to me. But in actuality you do, you just don't wanna do it right then. So, so you need to choose, you can share your reasons for choice. So examples. Um, I'd really like to con I'd really like to continue our conversation and I'm not in the best frame of mind to do that right now. So can we take a break and come back to this tomorrow or the next day or 10, you know, whatever on Saturday, whatever you want to choose. But, uh, in this situation and then the next one I'm going to give you, you've said you still want to stay connected with the person. You're not cutting off, you're cutting off temporarily, but you explain why you take um, uh, responsibility for how you're feeling. I'm not in the best frame of mind. So let's just, we'll get back to it. And so that's really useful and you specify when, and so you kind of taken care of, um, taken care of the other person in a way. And you've also been honest about where you are. Um, another, way to deal with it is to say, I'd really like to hear what you have to say. And I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Just name it, name your limitation. Um, so I don't think I'll be able to listen well. So let's take a break for an hour. Okay. And again, it's the same thing you're saying, you're telling you the intention to, to connect, which uh, is going to preempt any tendency to, for them to interpret our break as a rejection or avoidance. And then you've also taken responsibility for uh, your limitations or your own desires. And so we're clear, we're acting on our own need for space rather than blaming the other person. So are there any questions about that? Maybe you guys already know all this stuff. Uh, this, is, this is stuff that I never, I never learned. Yeah, Kim. Well, this isn't exactly a question, but a comment that um, 
I'm just realizing as I woke up this morning that presence is not like an on or off thing, but a continuum. Like, and I did an artwork last night and another one this morning, uh, kind of a different variation of it. And one was like barely present and the other had a lot of intention to it. Oh, that's interesting. And so I'm thinking when you walk into a room, you could just, while you walk past the, the, you know, the threshold, you're kind of there, or are you really there? And how far could you really, how, how present could you really be? And that's just what I'm kind of thinking about. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's really interesting you say it's not on or off, it's always there. I, yeah, I think it's like whether we're tuning in or not, right? I think it's and how, how clear, how, how much? How far, how much are we tuning in? I mean, you could tune into the point of becoming the other person, or I don't know how to define it, but really being there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not on or off. Yeah, 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 thank you. That's all. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Um. Uh, <clears throat> may I make him yes, comment? <laughs> so. Yes, love you. I, I mean, I, I'm enjoying, you know, this conversation and, you know, the intention to connect. Connection with the others, I think you are, that's one of the important points that you are making and how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, details of, you know, pause and take a break or whatever. But the intention and choice is to connect with the other person. Mm -hmm where you are and where the other person is. And here I like to, you know, emphasize that that is like a ongoing relational connection between the two. Mm. And if I am sensitive to the uh, other person and I can, you know, get some of the you know, information on where she, she or he is. And that type of a connection we can, you know, verbally or non-verbally, we can communicate. And that's very important. Absolutely. That establishing that type of a conversation within the, you know, social type of an environment. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm listening to Kim. Kim's artwork, I don't know whether it was not, totally social, it was more perhaps some kind of a, you know, his own way of enjoying maybe the nature or not social. And I am, I'm just like a question, I'm, I'm interested. But that type of a issue that you have been focusing on is very important mm -hmm. to be in tune with other people because yeah. you, wanna, you wanna develop yourself maybe you want to develop other people into whatever you know your values are which i am i'm getting it and that's that's all i wanted to say it's it just sort of a, my thoughts yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you for that thank you for that okay so we're going to go into the next this next uh next tool we have uh for the process of communication. It's in the process, the things that you can do. So, and that is pace. 
So um, noticing pace attunes us to the pace of the conversation. Noticing pauses attunes us to the pace of, of a conversation. And this is interesting too, I think, um, because speech is connected to breath and because our breath is directly tied to our nervous system, the pace of our speaking is often a direct reflection of our internal state. Um, I guess that maybe that's obvious, but I hadn't seen it written out quite that way. Um, so if, if, you're, um, if you're feeling agitated, chances are your pace is gonna be increased. Whereas you're more relaxed, your pace is gonna be slower. And there'll be individual variations on that. But um, yeah, but it, it's because it's going through our nervous system. So what we need to figure out individually is what is the pace that you feel more comfortable and confident and relaxed in? So is it slow and steady or is it fast? Um, how does your pace affect the tone of the conversation? And these are just things to, to kind of study. What is the effect on your state of mind and body or on the quality of connection in the relationship? And you can kind of play with these and we'll be doing that in a little bit, uh, play with these and just find out what, what the answer is. Um, usually slowing down even a little usually increases our ability to lead with presence. Um, it's generally that's true, again, because of the nervous system aspect of it, you speed it up and you're, kind of speeds up your whole nervous system. So this is especially true in terms of in times of conflict. So we start getting into a more heated conversation perhaps. Um, and so if we automatically or pay attention and dial back uh, our pace in these situations, it can have more of a calming effect. And I would suggest not only a calming effect on yourself, but we have so much of impact on others more so than I think we realize uh, that that will have an impact on the other person most likely at some level. So there is no right pace. It's, um, it's just the pace that supports presence and helps create connection. That's what we're talking about. So this will depend on the circumstance and also on culture, cultural norms on, on pace of conversation. So um, lastly, I wanna talk a little bit about and, and this is what you were talking about, Mehdi, um, I think, and uh, is about mutuality of presence. So um, leading with presence can be a very rich experience and it matures and mature over time. Right? And as it develops, presence illuminates the existence of the other. Um, the more I sense myself, or you sense yourself, the more you're gonna be aware of the other person. So interesting. To be truly in dialogue then means that we see the other person as an autonomous individual with their own hopes and fears, dreams, desires, sorrows, joys. Um, you are more able to see that. So we lose mutuality for many reasons. It happens when we're on automatic. And so, for example, if we're extremely impassioned, we 
kind of forget about that mutuality aspect, or if we feel really scared or angry or upset. And this can occur with friends or family even, who we see every day. It's, they become so familiar that we stop seeing them. Uh, this reminded me, um, this is kind of a silly example, but it reminded me of this song, maybe I'm dating myself by mentioning it, but it was a song, I can't remember the name of it, of course, but it's something about pina coladas. I like to drink pina coladas on the beach or something. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> Some people, people my age do, the others don't. Well, anyway, so, and basically what it's about is this, it's a silly song, but this guy is putting out, he's got a girlfriend, but he puts out a one ad, or not a one ad, it's a, what do you call them? Those ads in the connections section of the paper saying he's looking for somebody who's interested in doing these different things, drinking pina coladas and being out in the rain and blah, blah, blah. And so he sends it out and then he gets this response from this woman. This is pre-Zoom pre and actually pre-computer stuff. And this woman writes back. And so they make this, this, this date and it turns out that it's his girlfriend that shows up. Um, unbeknownst to, anyway, so this is a surprise to both of them. But the point is, is it's kind of an example how you can hang around somebody for a while and then you, for various reasons, you lose, lose the ability to see them or the connection. So, okay, enough of that. Um, okay, so when, when there is no mutuality, uh, there is a fundamental disconnect, right? Um, so you can reduce another person to an object in relation to me. You know, you are something to me. And so you become a mental representation from, from my past, a vehicle for what I want, or an obstacle in my way. Um, I think this happens a lot in cars. <laughs> There's no sense in mutuality. Anyway, when human beings become objects rather than a person, this is not a good thing. Uh, there's nothing we can't justify. So it can go, it can go to just slights of another person all the way to the worst things imaginable, uh, slavery, geno genocide, that kind of thing. And that's a really gross example, but um, that's what happens when you don't have mutuality. You don't see other people as human beings. So uh, presence definitely opens the door to mutuality. And when we lead with presence, we enter a relationship in which both of us matter simply by virtue of our existence. So to be truly alive is to enter into this experience of mutuality, of sensing one another and the mystery of being there, just being there in presence with someone. Um, relational presence is a true encounter in which I see you for, for you, for who you are, rather than what I need or want you to be. So this mutuality is the foundation of real dialogue. Uh, just as internal presence has uh, many benefits to us individually, bringing awareness to conversation offers a host of benefits on the relational level. So uh, as one engages in the practices, um, either on your own or with a partner or 
just in daily conversations. Um, you can see if you can begin to notice any of the four qualities of presence, which are, we've kind of mentioned those here and there. Um, honesty, being open or honest with what's going on right now. Mutuality, am I seeing this other person as a human being? Uncertainty, you know, we're launching into a conversation and we really don't know where it's going to go. And vulnerability, that's when we're very vulnerable in that uncertainty. Uh, so I'm going to talk more tonight about, uh, about relational awareness, but um, I'll mention it here as uh, that relational awareness is the capacity to include both you and me in the conversation the external and the internal. Last night we were working more with the internal and now we're starting to move a little bit into the um, external as well. So, and we're balancing our attention in a dynamic way back and forth. And so we'll practice with this in a little bit. Um, there are many ways to develop relational awareness, um, uh, but right now we're gonna practice with um, We're going to practice with what we worked on with yesterday and the points that I just mentioned this morning. So let's see what time is it? It's 10.07. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is be anchoring our attention in the conversation with an internal reference point, meaning we're going to choose one of those um, uh, internal reference points that we mentioned last night, that was gravity, center line, breath, and touch points. So we're gonna choose one, just choose one that you're gonna use and that works for you. And then we're gonna be bringing presence to conversation by anchoring our attention in the process of dialogue, which means attending to um, the choice points that is uh, speaking, do I wanna speak at this point or listening? and then playing with pausing, and then also pace. So this exercise, oh, I just want to give a warning. This, it may be a little bit awkward playing with, <laughs> with the pause and stuff, but don't worry about it. Um, it's just practice and we're just becoming more aware to what is happening in conversation. And as you become, as you play with it and practice with it, then you start to notice it more in other places. So, so, and remember to celebrate the small successes. Okay, so I think you guys have a copy of this, um, of these instructions and it might be good. We'll go over them really quick and then um, you'll have them so you can look at them. Uh, so we're gonna be in pairs again. How many are we? Over 18, well, that's nice. Um, uh, and so what we're going to do, there's going to be three rounds of speaking. So these instructions seem kind of complicated at their long conversation, I mean, long instructions, but you'll, you'll get it. Um, so each person is going to take a turn sharing for a few minutes. In the first round, it's going to be about something simple. Um, and I'm going to tell you what that is. Uh, then about something. And then the second one is going to be about something more significant. So um, the first speaker will speak three times. 
and then you'll trade roles. And you're gonna repeat the instructions that are below this with the second person speaking three times. So what you'll wanna do is decide who's gonna listen first, who's gonna speak first. And then um, the person who's speaking is gonna talk about something simple such as, what did you eat today? Well, hasn't been much time for that. Or what's a, a hobby that you enjoy? Real simple. And then um, I hope you all have watches, clocks or something. You need to set a timer for a minute. Um, and don't start yet. Um, and then you let each person close their eyes, establish presence, center yourself, and you open your eyes. And then can you maintain awareness? This is, uh, and then you start the timer so that you've just gone into presence. And then you start the timer and then person, the first person shares. And to support presence while speaking, try to keep a little bit of awareness in your body, feeling the weight of your body or a touch point. So speaker need to be present to yourself while you're doing this. Ah, no, it's the person, the listener is supporting presence while speaking. So they're maintaining presence on themselves, but they're also supporting the speaker by, by putting presence on them too. Okay. And then, uh, and then you take your time speaking and listening. And as you, um, As you, uh, hold on a second, I had lost my place. Yeah, okay, skip the page. So um, support presence by listening, try to keep a bit of awareness in your body, feeling the weight of your body, touch point. When the timer rings, stop, turn your attention inward and notice what's happening, how do you feel? Did you lose presence? <clears throat> Reset the timer for a minute and a half. Same people. Um, share about something from the week that has some significance, positive or negative. Example, had great news at work. Um, this is the fires out west are troubling you. I don't know if they're still burning. I haven't heard about fires. Um, or a friend has COVID and you're concerned, but don't choose something really too challenging because um, we're working on the practice of this. And so you don't want to be overly stimulated. So just choose something relatively mild. Then you'll start the timer and person A shares while person B listens um, for the last time. And then to support presence, the speaker while speaking, he's gonna practice pausing a few times during the flow of your, of your, oh, you're gonna to practice uh, pausing during your speaking. And this can be short inconspicuous pauses or longer more considered ones. So just experiment with the pauses. And then the listener, um, is doing the same thing as above. You're balancing between being aware of yourself and being aware of the other person. Okay, then the timer rings. Um, you turn your attention toward um, inward and take a longer pause. Notice what's happening, how you feel. Did you lose presence? 
And then lastly, you reset the timer and the person A or the first person will continue speaking about the same topic, so it's just continuing. And this time practice slowing the pace just slightly, taking your time with words and does this help you to maintain presence? So this is again, ex experiential. Does this help or not um, changing your pace? And then um, when the timer rings, stop, turn your attention inward to notice what's happening. How do you feel? Do you lose presence? And then you swap. So it sounds very confusing, but once you get into it, you'll have the instructions. So you can, you can do, do that. And then when it's all done, then you'll talk together. So is that as clear as mud? <laughs> okay, all righty then. So um, Oh, great. She's writing the instructions. That's wonderful. Thank you, Amanda. Hey, uh, uh, Lori, I have a quick question. You yes. wanted to do round two as well. Read the instructions from start to finish before beginning. After you've each completed round, take about five to 10 minutes to discuss. This is, we're going to do this part as well. Um, I then have... move on to round two below once we yes. trade. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Yeah, that's on the instructions. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Thank you. All righty.